everywhere we move And everything we talk about be barreled in the truth Roll them out, roll it up And if there's doubt, then we hold it up To the written word and we pull it up That's a little bit of bourbon in our cup And along that narrow road we stroll We take our cares up to the Lord Then kick back with my boys and chew the fat about the world So relax, put up your feet With that stogie between your teeth Speak your mind and make your speech With every line full of grace and peace Yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Everywhere we move, we move, and everything we talk about be barreled in the truth. In the truth. Yeah. Everywhere we move, and everything we talk about be barreled in the truth. Yeah. Yo, what's up, family? Welcome to the Barreled in Truth podcast. It what's is up? your boy, Shatorio. I am Shatorio Smith, the um, pastor of Discipleship at Caris Church, and I am here accompanied with my brothers. Senior lead pastor of Caris Church, Chris the Bishop Hall. What's up? And we have Michael Gilbert, the <coughs> audio engineer genius behind the podcast and behind the church. Yo. We are missing one fourth of the podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. Colder. Because Devin hates us <laughs> and he doesn't really love us. Devin's sick again, man. No, nah, he's not feeling good. Uh, he had a little stomach bug situation today. He texted he texted me, so we kind of had to call an audible on the play. Yeah. So stomach bug rough though, man. Yeah, stomach bug ain't no joke. So our house got hit with the stomach bug last week. So I definitely understand that. Um, so we had to call an audible on the play. We are not in the studio, y'all. So y'all won't get video for this one, but y'all will get some crispy audio. We are at the Bishop's crispy. Palace. We are at the Bishop's Palace. Palace. The the <laughs> kingdom the kingdom hall. <laughs> Isn't that what Jehovah's Witnesses call That's their what church? They call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred forty-four thousand up there. <laughs> the kingdom hall. Kingdom hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. So we are here, and with that being said, Michael, what are you smoking, sir? And what are you enjoying? I am smoking the Undercrown Maduro uh, selection, and I am currently drinking the very nice bottle of eagle rare tenure mm-hmm. that the bishop provided yes chris what you got i am smoking the uh gurkha 15 year cellar reserve and drinking some eagle rare picked that up in thomasville georgia over the weekend on our trip to tallahassee fancy fancy i am smoking on the foundation matapa very good stick. We love yeah, foundation. Try that one. Yeah, so. You got to try it, bro. It's good. It's got a really good smoke. I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm going to be hacking all night. It's just that time of the year, y'all. It's that time of the year. Everybody get hit with colds, but we still <coughs> out here giving y'all gas content. We out champ. We out here, son. We out champ. And I am also sipping on some Eagle Rare, courtesy of the pastor, the bishop, the legend himself, and it is a good bottle. Um, so tonight, we will be finishing up our series on the five solas Finally. of the Reformation. Thank you guys that have been trekking along with us on this long road. It's been so good, though. I've enjoyed this. It's been awesome. It's been really good. It's been really good for my heart and for I know for these guys' hearts just to go through every sola and how it relates to mm-hmm. the gospel and the truth of scripture and the mm-hmm. life of the believer and the implications that it has for the church and how we preach and what we believe. Sure. It's been really good. And mm-hmm. so tonight we cap it off with the final installment. Soli Deo Gloria. 
to the glory of God alone, <coughs> right? Alone, yes. And we both got a lot we're gonna say. We're kind of just gonna we're just gonna let it we're just gonna let it fly tonight. <laughs> we are just gonna go until the Holy Spirit is done. Man. Um so with that being said, I got I'm gonna start off with a quote and then I'm gonna let <laughs> Pastor Pastor Bishop cook up. Uh, man. So I wanna start off with a quote from the uh, professor of systematic theology uh, at Reformation Bible College, Dr. Uh, Mathenus. Here's what he had to say. Soli Deo Gloria is both the beginning and the end of the four solas or the five solas. <laughs> the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures to the glory of God alone. Christ humbled himself to the point of death and was raised and exalted to the right hand of the Father to the glory of God alone. Grace and mercy are offered to rebellious sinners to the glory of God alone. Mm -hmm. Justification is by faith alone mm -hmm. to the glory of God alone. Mm -hmm. Soli Deo Gloria, therefore, is the central piece to the five solas of the Reformation. What say ye, sir? <laughs> what say ye? Agreed. <clears throat> um, well, when you think about the glory of God, I mean, obviously we got to kind of unpack what the glory of God means. And we can borrow from the Westminster, Westminster Confession and <clears throat> Desiring God, how Piper kind of built on that and talk about the chief end of man, yep. right? Which is the chief end of man is to... Glorify, glorify God. God and the Westminster Festival says and enjoy him forever and Piper would say let me turn that off but <clears throat> Piper would change the and to by and say the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever but so when we look at the whole of the scriptures and <clears throat> think about the glory of God and why things exist I mean creation itself exists to to bear witness to the glory of God um, yeah the heavens declare the glory of God, the scriptures tell us. Um, and so when we think about that, <clears throat> the glory of God just really means the weightiness of God. Yeah. When you look at that word in the Hebrew. Um, but when you start unpacking that, it's, 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 it's really talking about who God is. It's the essence of who God is in his nature, the weight of his importance. It's the radiance of his majesty and his splendor, the demonstration of his power, and just the overall atmosphere of his presence, I guess. And, and so when you think about that, and you think about why, why does creation itself exist, it's not that God needed to create. Mm-hmm. Creation is the overflow of his love and his and his glory. Yeah, and his goodness. <clears throat> it's it's the overflow, it's the outpouring of of who he is. And so a creator does what? He creates. And and C.S. Lewis does a really marvelous job of really kind of unpacking that in, in mere Christianity, you know, from the greatest mountain down to the tiniest insect. All of it just kind of speaks to the majesty and the glory of God. That's so good. And so when we talk about Soli Deo Gloria in terms of the the five solas, <clears throat> obviously it's in it's in reference to justification because that's what prompted the the Protestant Reformation was 
how is a person made right with God? You know, and so <clears throat> salvation. Um, we we've talked about it almost ad nauseum throughout this and other and others um, podcasts that we've done is a monergistic work. It's the sole work of God saving sinners who are dead in their trespasses for their good and for his glory yeah and we're gonna keep banging that drum uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bang the drum until we die yeah we have to and then we'll do it for eternity because that's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna spend eternity praising god for saving wretched sinners come on as ourselves come on as ourselves yes sir so Starting i'm early. not gonna i'm not gonna get to heaven and be like well Free will is what got me here. Ooh, we starting early. Yes, Lord. I'm going to be sitting yeah, at the marriage early. supper of the Lamb, uh -huh. drinking the good wine yeah. with Jesus and the, the multitude, the, the, the good wine. Yes, sir. And the multitude that Scripture says no one can number of the elect. Come of on. The, of the redeemed, the, the body of the redeemed from every corner of the globe, thinking, man, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't so awesome and just chose Jesus. Because that's not what Scripture tells us what happened, right? Because that would mean that God would share <coughs> the glory of my salvation with me. If it's a synergistic work, there's glory to go around, right? There's glory for God and there's glory for me. But if it's a monergistic work, if it's the sole working of the triune Godhead, God the Father ordaining and predestining and choosing uh-huh god the spirit regenerating yes, and sir. pointing to truth and giving the gift of faith and god the son doing the atoning work on the cross if it's if it's a monergistic work of the triune godhead there's no glory to share because scripture tells us that god doesn't share his glory with anyone including chris hall right god's not going to share his glory about my salvation with me I don't get to boast in me, right? Come on, bro. I don't get to walk away or spend eternity boasting in the fact that I wouldn't be here were it not for me. And and that's the logical conclusion for the synergist. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having a conversation um, with a pastor that I connected with online. We ended up messaging each other today, <clears throat> and he's looking for um, he's looking for a pastor to come alongside him at his church and we were chopping it up because we're friends through mutual uh people and you know he knows i'm a calvinist he knows i'm reformed mm -hmm. and you know he's a dispensationalist guy he's a free his uh he holds to a free grace th theology and mm -hmm. you know he 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 would not be able to agree with a reformed um perspective in terms of uh soteriology and so but it's so strange to me though because yeah he calls his position a free grace theology versus the you know calvinist view of soteriology but is it really free if you can lose it mm -hmm. because if you can lose it then you have to work to keep it right that ain't free well i work to get it so i gotta work to keep it and in that mindset and why 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 would you want to live like that right with that view of salvation it's because uh, again at the heart and the root of that is a very very man-centered view of of the work of salvation like you know god regenerated me based on something that i did he responded to me instead of me responding to him and in that view <clears throat> you have to work so hard 
mm-hmm. for your assurance. Well, that's why they become, they become religious a holes. Yes, and you know, in, uh, in, in biblically and historically, not to say that there's no a holes in the reformed camp. Yes, they certainly are. are. They uh, are. You know, I'm not gonna. Yeah. You know, we have our own a holes too, and at times I can be one myself, I guess, right. but. There are certain hills that I will down. Yeah. Call me a hill or not, I'm just gonna down the hill. But it's it, it's <clears throat> it's so strange to me though because assurance was never the job of the believer. No. When we look Mm-mm. throughout the canon of scripture, no. that was never put on the shoulders of the believer. No. So why would you want to put that weight on yourself? <laughs> we can't offer any assurance. Like what? No. Well, we were, you know, planning for this episode and just looking at, again, the testimony of Scripture and the glory of God. I mean, Psalm 1-8, I mean, Psalm 8-1. Let me go there. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place... What is man that you are mindful of him? Come on. And the son of man that you care for him. Now we saw in Psalm 19.1 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. Now, when we <clears throat> think about Moses in Exodus 33, right? Scripture tells us that Moses walked with God. He talked with God face to face as a friend, not literally that's anthropomorphic talk. Um, but Moses um, asked God to show him his glory because they were that close. Yeah. And <clears throat> God obviously loved Moses. He chose Moses. He, he called Moses. He used Moses. Um, he saved Moses. Yeah. But he says, Moses, you can't. You can't see my glory. And live. And live. You'll you'll die. That's why I used to always say, like, you know, in the the third day song back in the day, show me your glory. I'm like, oh, y'all are, this is a death wish song. Y'all, <laughs> like, y'all are just asking God to kill you at this, you know. And I used to joke with my youth students and youth ministry about that. But, and that's why, and that's why he hit him behind the cliff of the rock. <clears throat> he hit him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by you so you'll kind of feel me and know that I'm there. And you can see the back of me, but... And that could have been a Christocentric thing there. Yes, but, yes. There was but, some typology um, there for sure. But <coughs> you ca- you can't see the glory of God and live. And we want to share in his glory in our salvation. Come on. And we want to somehow try to rob him of that with 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 the, the, the notion that I can save myself based on my own free will and my own assertion. Which scripture just time and time again just just nails the coffin shut just on that. Obliterates it. And so <clears throat> I'm gonna read Ephesians one if that's okay. Yeah, cook up. We got time tonight. So Paul, writing to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he, the Father, chose us in him, the Son, before the foundation of the world. Now, Paul didn't, he said us. Who's he talking to? The church, right? He just just told the church, I'm writing to you. Come on. 
I'm writing to believers. Right. I'm not writing to Israel. So when we go to when we go from here to Romans nine, we're not going to make that we're not going to make that distinction, right? Yeah. We're not going to say that Paul was talking about Israel here. That's covenantal language. Mm-hmm. And being in covenant with God means you're in right standing with God. Come on, bro. So we can we can try to decipher Jacob and Esau all we want to. But God chose who He chose, right? And so Paul's talking to the church here, a Jew, talking to a congregation filled with Jews and Gentiles, saying, <clears throat> "Even as He, the Father, chose us in Him, the Son, us believers, the elect, the church." before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. Thank you, Jesus. As sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Now, wait a minute. Paul didn't footnote that and say, according to the purpose of your free will. That's not the purpose of your willingness. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's not what Paul said. Right. Paul said, this was, your salvation is according to the purpose of his will and his purpose to save you. Had he not purposed to save you, you would be lost. Right? Yeah. And this work started in eternity past. It started in eternity past. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So, verse (coughs) 6. To the praise of his glorious grace. So he speaks of God's glory in this, right? His glorious grace. So his grace and his glory go together. Hand in hand. With which he has blessed us in the beloved, that's Jesus. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his, the Father's grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. Again, not our will. This is the mis- He's revealing to us the mystery of his will. We can't yeah. ultimately explain the whys of what happened. Come on. But he's revealing to us the mystery of his will to create, for the fall to happen, and for him to save those whom he chose before that ever happened. Yeah, I mean, and, and might I add, we ought to be thankful that his will supersedes ours. Mm-hmm. Because left to my own will. You're not choosing God. I am not choosing God. I'm not. <clears throat> to use, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him <coughs> things in heaven and things on earth <coughs> excuse me in him we have obtained an inheritance yep. so we're adopted sons and daughters <coughs> we've been brought into the family we've been given a place at the table and we partake in the inheritance that was designated for the firstborn, who his name is Jesus. So good. Right? <laughs> Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Thank you, Lord. God saved me in spite of my will. Ooh, not because of it. Nah, son. Hold up. He nah, saved me in yo. spite of my will. Nah, hold up, bro. Hold up. 
not because of it. I got to write that down. Right? Because scripture tells me that no one seeks after God, that I'm dead in my trespasses, that I'm an enemy of God, and I'm a child of wrath. So my willingness and my nature in that and that fallen state of depravity is self, not God. Amen. So he saved me in spite of my will, not because of it. Come on. Okay. So he's he he predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of what? His His glory. glory. In him. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of what? His glory. His glory. Yes. So three times in that passage, Paul mentions the glorious grace of God and the praise of his glory. So and good, And he unpacks man. there this picture of salvation that we want to reduce to a decision that we made at Bible school or a decision we made at a Billy Graham crusade so or a decision shit. we made at a DC talk concert or or whatever oh, and I'm not I'm not I'm not making light of those things I mean no, God saves not. us in those moments yes. but we when we walk away from that thinking I did something here that is not to the glorious praise yeah. of the father it's not. Even Jesus himself in his earthly ministry did not seek his own glory. Now we know he's the king of glory, right? <clears throat> but he was sent according to the will of the Father. <coughs> for the praise of the Father. Yeah. Right? So his atoning work was for the praise of the Father. Yeah. Yeah. So so true. So my salvation <clears throat> And when we go into Ephesians 2, which we've already done, <clears throat> if I can boast at all in anything regarding the work of my salvation, there is room for praise for me. Yes. Yeah. And that and, and that goes that goes hand in hand with the fact that I'm sorry, I'm hacking away, but I'm still give, gonna give call. this brother a water. Give man, that brother a water. Got, There's water in bourbon, right? <laughs> there they is use water, water in to bourbon. make yeah. this. There is yeah. water in bourbon, <laughs> but you know, you, so be okay, it's just water. That's you know, it, really nice water. So. When we I talk, when we talk about you know salvation, one of the Thank thoughts you, that I was you know just pondering as I prepared for this episode was the fact that. We cannot say solely Deo Gloria to the glory of God alone in terms of our, of our salvation if we get to point to ourself for any part of it. Correct. So salvation has to be a work of God fully in right. order for God to get the glory because God doesn't get a piece of the glory. He doesn't get half the glory. Right. He doesn't get... 99% of the glory He either he gets, gets all, of all of it Or he gets none of it Correct mm. And so when we talk about How we were saved And that, that salvation experience We have to be mindful In how we describe That experience As a means by which God received all the honor and praise 
from start to finish. That's why the order of Salutis is so crucial. We have to get the order of salvation right. Correct. Regeneration precedes faith. Correct. And because of Which that. Which is a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. God gets all the glory. He takes all the credit. Right. He has to. William Tyndale said, God's goodness is the root of all goodness. And our goodness, if we have any, springs out of his goodness. So, in other words, even, even the decision that was made at Bible camp, even the decision that was made at the Christian concert, even the decision that was made at Christian camp that you did... Mm-hmm. Would not have happened Correct. had not God both willed it and waited from eternity past. Correct. Correct. He had you in mind before the foundations of the world. Right. And that should bring us lowly. Mm-hmm. It should soften our heart and humble us. And I've heard apologists and Robbie Zacharias and others and... Um, I forget the 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 one guy that I that I follow on his his name escapes me right now. But um, well, God loves you so much that He's not going to take away your free will. No, 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 no. The 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 promise and the testimony of Scripture is God loves me so much He overcomes my free will, which is actually not free will at all. My free will is in bondage to my depravity and my sinful nature. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't have never chosen God had He not chosen me. Yeah. So if you want to play semantics and walk around and parade with your spiritual chest puffed out that I chose Jesus, right. Well, Jesus even told his own disciples, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Now, yeah, they made a decision to follow Jesus, right? Yeah. But Jesus, they did that because Jesus chose them. So who gets the Correct. credit yeah. for that? Yeah. Jesus. Jesus always makes the first move. Scripture tells us time and time and time and time again in reference to salvation and redemption and forgiveness of sins that it is God who chose us. Why would I sing songs and parade and and and, and spend a lifetime trying to convince everybody else that I chose him? Come on, bro. Why? Well, it makes me look spiritual. <laughs> So true. It makes people think well of me. So true. It's self-serving. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that ideology, that theology is self-serving. It is. It is, man. It's self-serving. It's, look at me. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to give God some glory here, of course, because he's God and it makes us, you know, because we're going to be spiritual and we want to be somewhat biblical. But when you look at Ephesians 1 and other passages of scripture he gets all the glory he gets all the glory <clears throat> I never choose Jesus yeah if God doesn't choose me right and, and, and that order is so important and if in it and if if anything if we want to be charitable what we can say is anything that we do is a overflow and the fruit of what Christ did first correct of of God's purpose to save us. Yes. Yeah, so so our so our quote unquote choosing Him is the fruit, right? Not the root. The root of our salvation is Christ and Christ alone, and the fruit of that is us choosing daily to walk with Him, to follow Him, to pursue Him on the daily basis. That is the fruit <laughs> of this monergistic work that plays out 
in salvation. <clears throat> yeah, Romans 9. Let's do it. Romans 9, let's do it. <clears throat> so, obviously, Paul is talking about God's sovereign choice in uh-huh. <clears throat> election, which, again, the church is called the elect, right? Uh, yep. Multiple times in Scripture. Multiple. So, um, <clears throat> ecclesia, those who are called out, chosen. <clears throat> and so Paul is making the groundwork here for the grafting in of Gentiles into the people of God. Covenantal language, right? Those who are in covenant with God. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so he talks about um, Sarah and Rebecca. <coughs> Verse 10. And not only so, <clears throat> but also, <coughs> excuse me, when Rebecca had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born, had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose <coughs> of what? Election. Come on. Might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Now, who at the end of the day was in relationship with God? Jacob or Esau? Yeah. Come on. Right? Come on. This is not just Paul talking about Israel here. Not at all. Contrary to what a couple of my seminary buddies and professors wanted to argue for, dispensationalism and crap like that. He's talking about God's purpose of election, right? Which ultimately speaks to who is in relationship with him and who is not. Who is in covenant with him and who is not. This is covenantal language. <coughs> so, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not start, but continue. Not because of works, but because of him who calls. Again, not the work that I did, not the work that Jacob did. He chose Jacob before he was even born. Come on. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> she was told the older will serve the younger as it is written Jacob I have loved Esau I have hated, Esau I have hated. now when you look at loved and hated again this is covenantal language yeah that that, that verse makes a lot of people uncomfortable it they, does. They, they feel like you know why why does God if God is love why did he hate Esau well ultimately when we go through Tulip <clears throat> People talk about the sovereignty of God just means that God is in control. Right. Correct. But ultimately, sovereignty means I can do what I want. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It God, does. I don't get, and he's going to answer those. Paul understands the human, the human mind and the human heart here and the questions that are going to be asked in response to what the truth that he is proclaiming here. Yeah. Right? He anticipates these questions. I had those questions. I had those statements. Okay? So, <clears throat> Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. God is sovereign. He can do what he wants, right? Now, did he hate Esau with the same hatred that I have for the Clemson Tigers? No. 
<laughs> it just simply means that I chose Jacob and not Esau. Right. At the end of the day, that's what that means. That's that's covenantal language. I've chosen Esau. He was very God was very gracious to Esau. Yeah. He didn't have to be, but he, he was. But he was. He was gracious was. to Ishmael. He didn't have to be, but he was. Receipts. <laughs> <clears throat> but this is the purpose of election. God is continuing his purpose of election. Noah didn't choose God. God chose Noah. Abram didn't choose God. God chose Abram. Jacob didn't choose God. God chose Jacob. David didn't choose God. God chose David. Yeah. Right? And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. This is the purpose <coughs> of God's election continuing. Right? Throughout the whole of the scriptures. What shall we say then? So Paul anticipates the questions. Is there injustice on God's part? That's not fair, God. Who the hell are you to tell God what well, is oh, fair and what is not? No, we, we hear. Okay. Who, who are you? Yeah. A puny part of creation. Uh-huh. Going to try to tell the God of the universe yeah. who put the stars in place and knows them by name and can count the hairs on yeah. your head and knows the very thoughts that you never verbalized Ooh. to anyone. You want to tell him what's fair and what's not. Uh. Who do you think you are? The, the, the clay don't get to tell the potter how to potter. He's going to tell us that. Right. Right? Right. So what shall we say then, Paul saying? I know what y'all are thinking. I know what y'all on the back pews are thinking back there. Uh-huh. You're elbowing each other. You're whispering. You're writing notes. You're typing stuff on Twitter. I know what you're thinking. Uh-huh. That means that God is not just and not fair. Well, if you want justice, you're going to hell. Ooh. If we really want oh, yeah. what's fair, yeah. no one Get saved. We don't want fair. No. You don't. No you, one. You don't want. If fair. we want fair, Jesus never goes to the cross. Yeah, that's uh, why. That's what R.C. Sproul said. You don't want fair. You want mercy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want fair. So Paul says, by no means exclamation point. So there, there's a there's an exclamation of by no means. For he says to Moses. Now this is God talking to Moses, right? <clears throat> I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Now, what is Paul talking Thank about there? the Lord. What is Paul talking about there? Is Come he talking on. about covenant? Is he talking about being in right standing in relationship with God? Yes. 100%. I don't get to tell God. God is not obligated to have compassion on anyone. He's not. We are all rebellious sinners, dead in our trespasses, and sons of Adam. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing about us that was choosable, if that's, if that's even a word. rebellious sons of Adam. Yeah. There is nothing obligatory about grace and mercy. Ooh. <laughs> I don't get to raise my fist at the oh, heavens my God. and demand God have mercy on me. No, we don't. I can ask for it. We can ask. I could be like the task collector who beat his chest. I couldn't even look up at the heavens and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
Yeah. But I don't even have the ability to speak those words if the Holy Spirit doesn't work in my heart. That's right. I mean, and even like the the passage that you read earlier, Chris, in Ephesians 1, you know, Paul uses language like adoption mm-hmm. and ch- child. And like just on a logical Name a kid that ever got adopted to a family that chose his parents. Right. You a kid a kid doesn't the get parents to, chose him, right? A kid doesn't get to choose his parents. Hold up, bro. A kid does not get to choose his last name. Right. The the orphan does not get to choose to be adopted. Right. Y'all the, the orphan y'all ever seen y'all ever seen like Mike? Y'all, y'all like from, Mike. Calvin Cambridge was thirsty to be adopted. He didn't get to choose his parents. He had to be chosen. Yeah. When we think about adoption, the orphan does not choose who his parents is. The orphan doesn't even get to choose to have parents. It is completely and solely right. on the grace and mercy of the parents. No right. child gets to choose their last name. No. no no child. No child. So when God says to Moses, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion, and I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, that's everyone, right? So... For the, um, <coughs> so then, so Paul's response to that statement by God to Moses in light of all of this covenantal language, so Paul's response to that inspired by the Holy Spirit of God says, so then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. So why would I bang the drum of my free will if my being in right standing with God doesn't depend on it? Come on, bro. Why would I? Okay, so then he keeps going. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he <coughs> so then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, so Paul anticipates more questions. From the almighty human brain. <laughs> right? Because we want to sit and counsel with God and tell him what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Now, remember what Ooh. the psalmist said. Yeah. How about that? Oh! <laughs> Charlie smacking his lips on that one. Hold up, y'all! Quick, quick, quick <laughs> pause because that old elk. Ooh, old Darby's did that big one on that. I've been trying to get that one for a while. Mm. Oh, they did that big one on that. Be better than that eagle red, bro. Mm. Low key, low key, not low key, high key, Austin. I'm that, talking to you. <laughs> that old elk is special, but keep going. Sorry, y'all. I apologize. <laughs> Tori, y'all heard Tori was like. I was mad. I'm sorry. I'm hacking all over the place, but the cigar is good for it. <laughs> it's just that time of the year, man. It's that time of the year. It's cold. I'm taking everything, bro. I've been so hocked up on Mucinex and Benadryl and Sudafed and <clears throat> everything else. Yeah, man. It's that time of the year. For who can resist his will? So that's the question that Paul anticipates from his readers. Yep. But who are you, old man, to answer back to God? Who are you? So that's Paul saying, going all Driscoll on his readers he and did. saying, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, he did. He did. You are a part of creation. You don't get to tell creator what to do. Yeah. 
Period. Yeah. Period. And this, End of discussion. And this isn't. This isn't. <coughs> this isn't God being mean. This no. is just God being God. It's but God being God. If the, if, I don't get to tell God how to God. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I don't get. I remember I said that in a sermon one time. You don't get to tell God how to God. You don't. I think it was through the Hosea series. Yeah. When we were talking about God hating, right? So, mm-hmm. and I brought up Romans nine. <clears throat> Will what is molded say to its molder? Yeah. Why have you made me like this? <coughs> Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another vessel for dishonorable use? <coughs> Excuse me. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels. Now, let me pause there. Everybody wants to make this about Moses and Pharaoh and Jacob and Esau. Vessels. Plural. What if God, desiring to to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for what? Vessels of mercy. Amen. Which he has prepared beforehand. beforehand. Now, how does that relate to Ephesians 1 and Romans 8? Right? For what? Glory. Glory. For glory, salvation exists. For glory, election exists. For glory, predestination exists. For glory, justification exists. For glory, regeneration exists. For glory, adoption exists. For glory, sanctification exists. And for glory, ultimately, resurrection and glorification exists. Amen, somebody. (coughs) Amen, somebody. He ain't done. (coughs) Even us. So Paul's including the church here with all this covenantal language. So I don't get to dissect this and explain this away. I don't. To try to, <clears throat> to to try to surrender this passage to my ideology and my and my theology and my anthropocentric soteriology. Ooh. I don't get to bring this under that, right? Because Paul says, even us, church, Gentile, come on, even us, whom he has what? Called. So good, man. Not from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. And this is where I went in Hosea when I was studying Hosea, when we were studying through Hosea, right? Mm -hmm. As indeed he says in Hosea. Sorry, I'm preaching, y'all. Now go ahead. Cook up. Cook up. Those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not my beloved. I will call beloved. Boy. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. Can we just oh. can we just bookmark that? Jesus. We like we got to just Adoption Ephesians 1, Adoption Romans 9, Adoption Hosea. It's all throughout the Bible, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. For what? 
His glory. His glory. This all exists for the glory of God. Come on, man. So good, man. And, and, and I mean, it's just so sobering, man. That God. Sorry, I got fired up. It it no it's this I was preaching. the the this is <laughs> this is worthy of be, being fired up because when we understand that there was nothing about us that was desirable, there was nothing about us that was attractive to God, but yet in Christ we are made to be His people. Right. Paul takes Hosea, a prophet that he called, and he told to marry a whore to picture the whoredom of his people. And the words that he spoke to his people through Hosea to talk about the grafting in of Gentiles. Mm. Come on. This has always been about the gospel. Always. It has always been about the gospel that's why we have to get the gospel right we have to be crystal clear about the gospel <coughs> so the israelites could look at the ninevites and say you are not his people but god says i will call them my people mm. he will call Ooh. them my people and he did he saved some of them God is God has been in the business of <coughs> saving the outcasts for such a long time. Such a long time. That's why I loved our study through Luke. The outcast. Yeah. King Jesus, friend of sinners. Yeah. The tax collector. You know. The so sexually good, immoral. The, 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 those are mm. the people that God is after. <clears throat> but the but but what is molded doesn't get to turn back at God and say why did you make me like this? <coughs> when we talk about the sovereignty of God, that means God can do what he wants with creation. That's we right. are a part. We are not above creation. We are a part of creation. And, and, and I think that we have to change our thinking. Because God ceased to be God if he does not seek after his own glory. Correct. Piper talks about that in The Desiring God, right? Correct. And Matt Chandler talks about it. The ultimate end for which God gospel. works is his own glory. It's his own glory. And so the, 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 the beauty and comforting thing about that is when we look at the intricacies of our life, the struggles of our life, everything that we go through, if God is indeed sovereign, as scripture says, everything that you are going through, listener, is ultimately for the glory of God. And we can find comfort in that. Yes. And and so Christian maturity says, how can I look at what I'm going through and see it as a means to bring glory to God? Yeah. Well, when we understand that that's our purpose and that our ultimate joy will be found in and, and enjoying the greatness of God and the glory of God. When, the, when we understand that the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Right. We truly understand <coughs> that, that everything, God will get glory in everything. Yes. Whether it be. <coughs> through the good and the bad. The condemnation will. of a damnable sinner. Mm. Or 
glorious salvation of a wretched sinner undeserving. Yeah. Yeah. Because scripture tells us that that happens to the praise of his glory. Yeah. And I, you know, I try to take, I try to take those truths and I try to make it practical to my life. Um, even thinking about things that I've went through that were just so hard. I'm like, man, like God used it for his glory ultimately. Yeah. Piper said this, what is sin? Come on. It is the glory of God not honored. The holiness of God not reverenced. The greatness of God not admired. The power of God not praised. The truth of God not sought. The wisdom of God not esteemed. The beauty of God not treasured. The goodness of God not savored. The faithfulness of God not trusted. The commandments of God not obeyed, the justice of ju- the justice of God not respected, the wrath of God not feared, the grace of God not cherished, mm. the presence of God not prized, the person of God not loved. That is sin. Wow. <coughs> wow. When we understand <coughs> the salvation of Chris Hall happened for the glorious praise of God that's it he saved you to bring glory to himself yes I'm a trophy of grace yeah come on I'm not a trophy of free will come on I'm not a trophy of a decision that I made on an impulse that's right because the, the the music hit right and the sermon hit right and the notes hit right and the and the Ooh, moment was just come right. Come on, Chris. Come on, brother. I'm a trophy of grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And why would I spend the rest of my life banging the drum of the of free will? When scripture tells me it doesn't depend on on Let me go to John one real quick. Go ahead, receipts. Let me go to John 1 real quick. Y'all don't hear pages turning because I'm looking on my phone. Yep. I got my <laughs> iPad out. So, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. <coughs> he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him... Was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. (coughs) Verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his what? (coughs) So Jesus being the image of the invisible God. Oh that's a bad (laughs) ringtone. That's story. my wife's ringtone, y'all. <laughs> There's a story behind that. We'll That's get into ratchet, that later. We, it's, it's fire, though. I like it. <laughs> Jess's ringtone used to be Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC, but we're not going to go there. Um, <clears throat> I got dignified, saved, so I, I, I deleted it. But <clears throat> So, and the word became flesh and, and did what? Dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, the Shekinah glory of God where he tabernacled among his people in the Old Testament 
was ultimately manifested where? In the Son of God. The Son of God, come on. Jesus. And we have seen his what? Glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me rakes before me, because he was before me, although chronologically John was conceived before Jesus. But John knew that Jesus was eternal. He was the Son of God. <coughs> For from his fullness... So... <coughs> oh, sorry. Paul said in Colossians 1 that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in who? Jesus. Mm. For from his fullness we all have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. No one has ever seen God. The only one who is at the Father who has made him known. <clears throat> so let me go back to verse twelve because I skipped over it. In the first John, in uh, John in chapter John, one and John one. Let me go back. So the true light, verse nine, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Talking about Israel. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Adoption. Come on. Right? Adoption in Ephesians 1. Adoption in Romans 9. Adoption in Hosea. Adoption in John 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 12. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Ooh, that's that big God theology Ooh. right here, son. So I was born again, how? Because Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again. Mm. Right? This same John wrote three letters to the church later, right? He talks a lot about being born of God. Being born of God. Being born again. <coughs> How many of you listening and who are present, Shatario and Michael, told your mom and dad to knock boots and get it on and conceive you? It ain't happened. Nope. It was something that happened to you, right? That's right. <coughs> Life was given to you mm -hmm. at that moment of conception and there's some language there in the greek here in john 1 and later in first john and john 3 of being born again that it's an action that happens to you come on bro you are given life you are given life you don't get to take credit for your conception and birth Ooh your parents get credit for that right uh. Now, my heavenly father, the triune Godhead, gets credit for my spiritual rebirth because Jesus says, I must be born again. Must. 
be born again. That is yes, spiritual sir, conception. On. Because Scripture tells me that I am dead in my trespasses, which means I need spiritual conception. I need to be brought to life. I need something to happen to me supernaturally to revive me and give me what? Life. Yeah. So that I might eventually be called a child of God. Come on. That is an action that happens to me. That's what we call regeneration. Come on, right? bro. That happens ultimately for the praise of his glory, not mine. And this is something that happens outside of ourselves. And in spite of ourselves. And in spite of our come on. That's something that happens to us. When you one of the classes that I took in seminary, I had to translate the entire letter of first John from Greek to English. And it was all just, a, it was so much about love and so much about being born of God and born of God and that conception that, that was a language there. And when you start breaking it down and thinking about what John is actually saying is this is, again, this is action that happens to you. No one had any, I didn't have anything to do with my biological conception, mm. Right. We all took sex ed in, in, in middle school. We all know what the sperm and the egg does. The zygote, right? It happens. Boom. Life begins. <clears throat> Contrary to what the liberals would tell you. Oh, he went there. Oh. That life, was free. life begins there. That's when things start to happen. Right. <laughs> Spiritually, regeneration happens when the Holy Spirit conceives life in us and he brings to light who God is and who we are sinners That's so good man and who Jesus is I hope y'all listening man this is so good and he points us to Jesus and he gives us faith to believe in Jesus and say have mercy on me a sinner come on and then God makes me right with himself come on because of Jesus amen <clears throat> And then, not only that, he doesn't just declare me righteous. He doesn't just say, you're innocent. He doesn't just say, my son took your punishment and you are innocent. Go free. He says, no, 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 no. There's a place for you at my table. And you get to call me father because of Jesus. And, And this is where the believer finds rest. Peace. This is where the believer finds peace, and this is the where the believer looks for assurance. Yes, mm. I quoted assurance it, in that. I quoted it Sunday. You weren't there because you're trifling. Ha! I was watching Florida State whoop Miami's ass. <laughs> I quoted it Sunday, and, and and I quoted it last time we recorded. It is my favorite quote right now by Martin Luther, where he said, "When I look to myself, I think." How could I ever be saved? Mm. When I look to Jesus, I think, how could I ever be lost? Such a good one. Such a good one, dude. That has not left me since I, I read it. I them Sunday. Oh, bro. I, it, it, you know, it, it's just, it is so true. Like, man, like, when we think about the glory of God and salvation, the believer does not have to look to how obedient he was during the week. The believer can look to the finished work of Christ. Mm. 
and that 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 sets me free. That that keeps my <laughs> mind from losing it. Mm-hmm. I have when I have weeks where it's just hard, where I where I struggle with some sin. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't the best of weeks. I have struggled with sin. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is to look to Christ. Yeah. Hmm. I was actually praying that on my way here. I was just like, man, just thinking about some of the different struggles that I've had recently. And I'm just like, man, like there is nothing about my life that is worthy of of spending a eternity with this holy God the scripture talks about. No. Mm. And if I if I were to die today and look at my life and the things that I've done, I don't deserve heaven. No. And the only thing that I can say when when I face God is Christ. And that's where I find my rest in. Yeah. We get in because of Christ. Yeah. Not because of how obedient we were or how 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 great of a pietist you think you were. You get in because of Christ and Christ alone. No, the gospel doesn't demand obedience. It produces it. Obedience. produces it. It is the fruit of salvation, not the root of it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Matthew Barrett said that only if our salvation is by grace alone will God alone receive all the glory. Correct. If there is something of our own we can claim, then we no longer boast in Christ alone. But if he is the author and finisher of our salvation, then he alone is to be magnified Mm -hmm. for his sovereign grace. As Christians, these solas should cultivate an attitude of total humility mm-hmm. whether it is in our secular vocations or our praise on sunday morning to god alone be the yeah, glory to god alone be the glory and <clears throat> i'm really grateful for god's work in my own heart in my own life through a lot of scripture t- study and meditation and prayer and <clears throat> again i was in that camp I was asking those questions that Paul asked in Romans 9. I was like, if God if God <coughs> predestined, that's not fair. I used There's to no say justice. It. I was there too. I used to say things like, man, like, so you tell, I used to say things like, so you telling me, you know, my friend that I grew up with or my cousin that I grew up with. Yeah. They're, they're, We're putting they're, more they're, emphasis on man than we are God. Yeah. I, and I they're used to sinners. Do that. They don't deserve anything, no matter how much we love them. And I didn't see it that way. Right. I saw it as God being unfair. Right. I, I saw it as this isn't a loving God. Right. Yeah. But but but, but when you take a step back, yeah. pull the curtain yeah. and go, okay. God isn't loving. No one is saved. No one. No one is saved. No one. Yeah. The moment God no longer loves is the moment we all are doomed. <clears throat> We're destined for hell. Destined for hell, which is what we all deserve. Yeah, um, in the uh, 1689 Second London Baptist Confession, chapter 20, Sorry, ver- paragraph four, uh, 
chapter 20, paragraph 4 of the 1689 says, Although the gospel be the only outward means of revealing Christ and saving grace, as is, as such, abundantly sufficient thereunto, yet that men who are dead in trespasses may be born again, quickened and regenerated. There is moreover necessary and effectual insuperable work of the Holy Spirit upon the whole soul for the producing in them a new spiritual life without which no other means will affect their conversion unto God. And I love that because, again, it points back to the fact that the working of our saving faith mm. was of God. And he uses the Holy Spirit as a means to seal us, which we were promised with, which Paul talked about in Ephesians. And I just, man, like, man, when I think of that, it just brings me. To humility, man. It just brings me to my knees, man. When I think mm -hmm. about the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God, mm. that for some reason chose me. Mm -hmm. I didn't deserve to be chosen. And that's the mystery of His will. Like we won't ever really necessarily we fully won't. understand that. We won't. And like I think the problem is if we are keeping it a book. A lot of us think that we are lo more lovable than we actually are. A lot of us think that we are worthy to be chosen. Yeah. We're just so arrogant that way. We are because our worth does not come intrinsically from just us existing. Our worth comes from Christ and his grace alone. Uh, the salvation of sinners was God's idea. Right. The accomplishing of that salvation was God's work. The granting of that salvation is God's grace. And the fulfillment of that salvation is God's promise. From beginning to end, salvation mm. belongs to the Lord. We see that Psalms 3, 8. Revelation 7.10 Jesus likened salvation To a new birth As an infant Can take no credit for his own birth So we can take no credit For our own being Born again Um, May I just I love this conversation We're having about the about Soli Deo Gloria because It just removes all sense of pride mm -hmm. when we think about our salvation. Um, Martin Luther said, God has surely promised his grace to the humbled. Mm -hmm. That is to those who, y'all, this messed me up when I saw it, when I read this, preparing for the uh, this uh, episode. Martin Luther says, God has surely promised his grace to the humbled. That is to those who mourn over and despair of despair of themselves. 
But man cannot be thoroughly humbled till he realizes that his salvation is utterly beyond his own powers, counsels, efforts, will, and works, and depends absolutely on the will, counsel, pleasure, and work of another, God alone. When it comes to my own personal salvation... The only thing I can do is say thank you. Thank you. To God. That's right. That you purpose to save me. So true, man. That you... <clears throat> that you chose me. Yeah. The fact that I even care about Jesus. That I care about the Bible. That I care about salvation. That it's I care about... It, it, it's all because he purposed to save me. And if I can't boast in my justification, I damn sure can't boast in my sanctification. And I don't need to. That's right. I'm a sinner saved by grace. 100%. That's it. My, my testimony is that. That's so it. I exist. The, the, the salvation of Chris Hall exists for the glory of God. Alone. He alone gets glory. Without him... There is no salvation for me. Without so him, good, I do not get to call him father. So good. Without him, I do not care about salvation. I don't. There might be worldly grief. Man, I hope I make it. Yeah, yeah. And as you've said it plenty of times in your sermons, there's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly grief. Correct. And the emphasis is there is on the term godly. Godly sorrow that starts with him. When he intervenes, when he interjects, when he makes a move. Yeah. Everything about every everything about the Christian life is unnatural and supernatural. Correct. And because it is, it's solely Deo Gloria. It's solely Deo Gloria. It is. Um, I have something to close us out on. John Piper. I'm sorry you missed this one, Devin. Devin, yeah, man. This was a banger. Uh, John Piper, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to pull the verse up too. We're going to Psalm 16, uh, Psalm 16, 11. Uh, John Piper said, when God justifies sinners by grace alone, on the basis of Christ alone, through faith alone, his aim was to open to us the path of life. And where does that path lead? The answer is in Psalm 1611, where it says, To make known to me the path of life, in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. So in the end, God's glory and our joy run together into everlasting fullness. Amen. John Piper. Amen. Love you, John. That is amazing to me. So, as we close out our series on the five solas of the Protestant Reformation, I hope you guys were encouraged 
stretch challenge i hope that your affections for jesus were stirred throughout Mm -hmm. this whole series because that was our goal is just to take a step back Mm -hmm. and look at the outworkings of the christian faith yeah and the biblical picture of salvation and and ultimately why luther did what he did and why he was willing to die for it you know that justification happens by grace alone uh, yeah. Through faith alone. Yeah. In Christ alone. To the glory of God alone, according to the scriptures alone. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's it. And when you look at the scriptures as a whole and we let scripture interpret scripture, and when you take yourself out of the way and everything you've been taught as a as a kid growing up in church <clears throat> or your own preconceived notions of what you think is right and wrong, and you remove yourself and you become and you and when you come before the scriptures and before God laid bare and you say, teach me and grow yeah. me, you see what the biblical picture of salvation is. And it exists for the glory of God alone. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I, you know, man, I just, I started to get choked up, man, thinking about just how many people I know just growing up and even myself feel victim to this, man, like, when you don't have a crystal clear mm-hmm. understanding of salvation, <laughs> it causes you to think that there's no sense of assurance. Right. And so. Well, that's do, why so many Christians are restless. Yeah, that's why. It, and, and so many. And they're so eager to prove themselves because they, they're trying to prove themselves to God. Yeah. And if they're trying to prove themselves to God, they're trying to prove themselves to you. Yeah. And shame on the shame on. Preachers that preach a prove yourself gospel. Mm-hmm. Shame on preachers that preach a <coughs> be obedient enough gospel. If you want to prove yourself theology, every time you sin, you prove yourself. That's who you are. That's right. You know, you Char- just proved yourself. Yeah, Charles. You know, I I heard a quote. I heard a quote this week, bro, by John, by uh, Charles Spurgeon. That was crazy. <coughs> it was he said Charles Spurgeon said that. The enemy wants the preacher to enter the pulpit and leave believers questioning their salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's so it, it that's so true, man. Like I and and so one of the things that has conv- and I haven't had a chance to chop it up with you about this. One of the things that has convicted me as of late. I want to be a better communicator of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I want to be crystal clear in my communication of the gospel because when some when when someone hear us talk preach the gospel they should leave comforted they should leave assured yeah that because I'm in Christ no matter what I don't have to question myself. I don't have to worry. Right. There are so many people. Do y'all remember uh, in you? You you know you were a youth pastor once. Do y'all remember like the the rededications? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And looking back, man, I'm just like, if kids are rededicating their lives to Christ in youth ministry, what kind of gospel were we preaching? Right. Ooh. Yeah. If if 
if these students in youth ministry in America feel like they got to rededicate their lives at every youth camp, mm. we're not preaching the gospel. Correct. We are not preaching the biblical gospel. Mm -hmm. If they think that they got to rededicate themselves at every big Christian event. Yeah. They, if, if they are hearing the beauty of the gospel, there is no rededicating. Right. There is blessed assurance because Jesus is mine. Amen. Amen. There is not. Sing it. There is not this idea that, man, I've, I've, I've. And I am his. I've backslid and I've dropped the ball. I need to rededicate. I need to get resaved. Yeah. What is that? Right. There right. was no resave talk in Romans seven. No. Romans nine, Romans ten, Romans eleven, Ephesians one, Ephesians two. Paul said, "Wretched man that I am." Yeah. yeah. And that was Paul talking as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. It was present tense. Present tense. And so my heart for this series is that everyone who listens, you have assurance in your dog on salvation. Yeah. You know that. Because you are in Christ, everything that needs to everything that needs to have happened for you to enter heaven has already happened in Christ. Amen. And it was enough. And so we'll end on that note. Um, as our dear brother Devin would say, continue to enjoy your bourbon, smoke your cigars. And most importantly, keep reading your Bible. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere we move, and everything we talk about be buried in the truth. Yeah. Everywhere we move, and everything we talk about be buried in the truth. Yeah.